it's time for Rain and Shine, your weekly regional science update, where we explore how the planet works and how we work with the planet. Well, it's official. According to a new study in Nature Climate Change, we here in the West are yet again breaking records for drought. This time, it's a 1,200-year-old record. If you do the math, that means it was the year 800 when we last had so little water. And it's not just rain and snowfall, it's also soil moisture. In just the last 22 years alone, we have lost almost half of our soil's moisture, due explicitly to human-caused climate change. Here's the thing to remember about climate change, folks. It's not a straight line. It's an entropic cascading failure of many systems. Or, as Park Williams, a climate hydrologist with UCLA, puts it, with human-caused climate change, the worst-case scenario just keeps getting worse. Like all living things, it's not just one thing that suffers. It's the whole of it. Sooner or later, what goes around comes around. Some species can move a little bit better than others. Creatures with wings or four legs can relocate to some degree. Trees can move a little, but don't really have the ability to go that far. And then there are those tiny, amazing photosynthesizing lichens, the love children of fungi and algae, that bring color, carbon, and food to our deserts and our mountains. For these remarkable and unique creatures, there is really nowhere to go, and they can't go anywhere fast. A recent article published in Scientific American spelled out just what will happen to our lichens as we continue to heat up. Simply put, they will die. That's it. Even though they have survived asteroids and the death of the dinosaurs, the lichens simply cannot adapt quickly enough to deal with what's going on. A friend of mine sent me the article about lichens, and honestly, it made me so sad. I spent endless hours as a child playing on rocks and in trees covered in lichens. I've studied their many patterns, textures, and shapes. I've delighted in their many colors. I love them. I told two other of my friends about the lichens, and their faces fell. I could feel their hearts fall, too. So, here I am trying to talk about it, and it's not easy. It's hard to talk about it. And I also believe it's important to talk about the unprecedented changes and the death we are bearing witness to. Because if we do not talk about them, we risk becoming blind to them. Now, let's go back a minute to this human-caused drought we are in, specifically that part about losing our soil's moisture over the past 22 years. In this terrible fact, there is also something that is helpful if we dig a little deeper. Remember also that climate change is not only about greenhouse gases, it is also about how we affect the landscape. And here in the West, we have pretty drastically altered the landscape through the introduction of cattle and the removal of our ecosystem's key architect, Castor canadinus, otherwise known as the North American beaver. Just about 200 years ago, there were very few cattle and hundreds of thousands more beaver, which means there was a lot more grass to keep the soil moist and cool, and there were many hundreds of thousands more beaver ponds. Now, please don't get me wrong. It's not the cow, it's the how that matters. More on that in upcoming episodes. For now, let's go back to the beaver and their ponds, because beaver ponds aren't just ponds. They are water storage and water source, carbon sinks, air conditioners, refrigerators, freezers, nature's ice block in an ice chest, vegetable gardens, food pantries, highways, canals, locks, escape routes, hiding places, bathtubs, swimming pools, 
the dating app that everyone around is on, and affordable housing for families of all shapes and sizes. These ponds are climate regulators. They restore moisture in the soil, help keep local temperatures cooler, mitigate flooding, and support stronger river flow well into summer. They also offer food, water, shelter, and security to many species of plants, animals, insects, and yes, even lichens. In short, the beaver creates what scientists call climate refugia, that is, areas that can remain relatively buffered from the harsh conditions of climate change and enable the persistence of valued physical, ecological, and socio-cultural resources. So, good people of the West, here is my homework for you. In the next few weeks, or maybe next few months, when you hear something that makes you feel some way about nature, whether it's sad, mad, or glad, talk about it to a friend or two. Also, if the opportunity presents itself, maybe think about or find ways that we can go about bringing back beaver to a watershed near you. Because remember that nature is not a linear system. It's a synergistic living one, where one plus one equals much more than the sum of their parts. Where beaver ponds aren't just beaver ponds, but refugia for wildlife and hundreds of thousands of little cures for climate change in the West. You've been listening to Rain and Shine, a production of the Learning Council, produced by Corey Stanton and written and narrated by me, Calla Rose Ostrander. To submit your nature and science questions, email us at rainshineweekly at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page. And thanks for listening.